Hello and welcome to Flicking and Screaming. I am Jed Sprague, here with my co-hosts, Evan Fagundis. Hello, hello. And J.T. Chipman. Hey, everybody. And this week, we're pulling out the flip-flops, putting on the swim trunks. We are talking about summertime movies, baby. Summer is right around the corner, but before we get to that, how the hell are we? Chip, talk to me, baby. Man, I'm I'm happy. Like this is this is just me right now, guys. I I have nothing to like add. There's nothing of great value happening in my life besides just like hanging out with my friends and talking about movies. Life is life is good. You gotta love it, Evan. Yeah, no, I'm feeling the same way. It, it actually does feel a little bit like uh like summertime here for real. It's just like baseball is going. It's starting to get pretty warm out. Um, and then watching these movies, I think it got me into a cool headspace. So I'm I'm feeling good. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm really excited because when we first proposed this um, episode idea, you know, I think there was a little bit of semantics going on about like, is it summer movies? Is it summer break movies? We decided to, you know, kind of broaden it to summertime. So I think this could be a really, really varied um, episode. But that being said, I do want to talk to you guys of like, what do you guys look for in a summer movie? Evan, like, and you're sitting down, you're like, I need a movie um, that's going to, you know, make me feel in the summer mood. What are you looking for? So it sounds kind of specific. One thing that I'm looking for is like water or the beach. For some that just growing up in California, especially, it's just like that's 100% what I associate doing uh, during the summertime. And just like the whole goal is to get near the beach. Uh, or get near the ocean uh, on the beach. And um, usually I'm looking for pretty good vibes too, I will say. And I think that's just like a common theme uh, among summer movies. Either they're like big action movies uh, that are a little bit mindless or they're kind of lighter, airier movies. It's just not as much in my mind, um, like the heavy, dense drama. But um, I'm really interested to hear what you guys think. Yeah, Chip, what about you? You know, I have very specific categories that I slotted all of my uh, choices into. So I'll, I'll, I'll get into it when we go to the categories. But I'll say that I want the summer to like play a factor in the movie. The summertime, the heat, the weather, the circumstances. How is yeah. that affecting our characters? How is that driving our story uh, and in specific environments as well? Uh, good vibes? I, I don't know if all of my movies have good vibes to be completely honest um but i do think that maybe the best of the summer movies do have good vibes so teaser for sure i think um what you guys will probably see when we get into my list is i definitely have summer break on my mind i'm like a summer romantic right so i love this idea of um you know childhood adolescence teenage years summer you have nothing else to do other than like hang out with your friends and try to make a memory, right? Summer's all about, like, future nostalgia, right? Like, when you're a kid, all you're trying to do is, like, get these memories um, that you're going to, you know, remember when you're a little bit older and be like, man, you remember how fun that summer was? We did this. There's a lot of, like, pressure revolving around uh, around summer, I think, um, but it does create, like, awesome nostalgia. The other thing, too, is I love the idea of summer as uh, either, like, the beginning or the end of, um, you know, of something, of like a phase in your life, right? You know, summer is like a lot of time you're hanging out with different people during the summertime. Um, it's all about new beginnings. The end of summer is all about, you know, 
all this, this journey you had all year long or all summer long coming to a close and then going back to school. So I'm kind of, um, infatuated with the ideas of, you know, this like journey throughout a summer or the start and the end of, of a summer being a focal point of these movies for sure. When you guys think of summer movies, are you trying to watch these movies with people? Like, are you thinking of like a communal environment where you're enjoying a movie together? Does that play a pretty big factor into, into your choices here? So, partly, yes, for me. What were you going to say, Jed? I was saying, I, you know what's funny is, these summer movies, I definitely like, there's like a, yes, there is a communal aspect, but I don't necessarily know if I'm trying to watch them with, with a bunch of people during the summertime. Like, that's the time when I should be, like, living the ideas that these movies are, like, sh- like shoving forward. I watch mm. these movies kind of in the time we're in now, right before summer's about to start, and right when summer ends. Uh, ends either getting me excited for summer or kind of um, being like, man, summer's great. Like I can't wait for next year kind of a vibe. Does that make sense, Evan? Yeah, that's really interesting. And I honestly, um, I, I couldn't put that into words myself, but you're exactly right. So I'm kind of half and half. Like some of my favorite summer movies are basically showing me like the ideals or, or like representing my ideals for a perfect summer. Um, and then the other side is like, I actually will say, and it's reflected in my list, lots of what I think of summer is actually going to the movie theaters and like watching exciting or uh, fun movies with. Uh, so I guess that sort of counts as like watching with other people to answer yeah. your original question, Chip. Um, so it's kind of a mixture of both, but I definitely do factor in that theater experience a little bit. So it's really funny because I think like summertime movies, like what we're doing today, and then like movies that remind me of like my own summer experience are such different things. Like when I think of summer movies, I think of Transformers. Um, I think of the dark Knight. you know, I think of these, you know, large scale action movies, um, you know, that are coming out. They're trying to be the summer blockbuster. You know, they're not necessarily like representing the ideas of summer, um, when I'm going to see them, but I'm seeing them in the summertime. Like I definitely like, those those are the movies that I'll always remember going to during the summer. It's hot outside. You escape. You know, nice cool beverage. Uh, maybe an icy Coke. You know, I'm a I'm a mixed guy. I like to mix the Coke, the cherry, and the blueberry. Um, large tub of popcorn. You just escape for a couple hours. Get out of the heat. Um, you know, it was very hot where Evan and I grew up during the summertime. Chip, I know it's uh, probably pretty hot <laughs> where you are too during the summer. So movies became an escape. But for me, very different things like. Movies I see in the summer and then like summertime movies. That's interesting. I, you know, it's interesting. I don't have a single movie that I saw in theaters on my list, despite the fact that I like to go to the theater in the summer and see summer blockbusters and you have that escape. So I don't know if that says something about, you know, how timeless the movies I've chosen are versus how timeless the movies that we're getting in the summers are. But here we are. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. With that being said, should we just jump into the list? I'm ready to hear some picks because I'm I'm not quite sure exactly what you guys are going to have, um, and I'm excited to hear you know which ones that I I know that I'm there, you guys are going to say something that I'm like ah oh, damn I can't believe I missed that one. So Evan, kick us off, baby. What's your number five? All right, so my number five uh, and my list is like a mishmash of things. Um, my number five is Adventureland from 2009 um this is 100% like a just a personal pick like I'm not gonna pretend like Adventureland is one of the greatest movies ever made 
Um, but I was always really drawn to this movie, especially around the time that it came out. You know, I was like 13 years old, so I was just like getting into high school and doing all of that. Um, really loved the chemistry between Kristen Stewart and Jesse Eisenberg. Um, actually pretty funny Ryan Reynolds in this movie. Um, and it's just kind of like what I like thought summers were like as I was going into high school and then thinking forward to like college and stuff like getting some bullshit job where you just kind of dick around and make some friends uh, and, you know, like in the movie, smoke some weed and then go about the rest of your life. And it's almost like an isolated time that feels so important, even though it means nothing in the grand scheme of things. Um, and that's just exactly what this movie is. It's just such a such a great vibe the whole time. So that's my number five. Yeah, no, that's a great pick, man. This was on my honorables. This was a tough one to leave off, but uh, this is, I agree, this is kind of a sneaky, funny Ryan Reynolds performance. When Kristen Stewart shows up at his at his house, and he's like, freak, what are you, uh, uh, what are you doing? You can't be here. You can't be here. I, I love that. He's got yeah, a different Yeah, really good. On. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, I'll hit it next. Uh, my number five, 1986, uh, Stand By Me, directed by Rob Reiner, starring River Phoenix, Will Wheaton, Corey Feldman, Keith Sutherland, Rich Dreyfus. Uh, based on the Stephen King novel. Uh, huge fan of coming-of-age movies. Uh, and this is, uh, again, like I was talking about, this is an end-of-summer movie. So it's Labor Day weekend. Uh, these boys go on a journey to search for the body of a missing boy, um, you know, and basically go on this hu- huge, long adventure hike in Oregon. And, uh, you know, I guess hijinks ensue would be the, ne- you know, would be the next thing. But uh, it's just a wonderful wonderful story about like young friendships um the closing line is you know the narrator saying i've never had any friends like the ones i had when i was 12 jesus does anyone like what a like what a phenomenal like mission statement for this whole movie it's just about these kids and i think 12 years old is such a pivotal you know growth period in your life you know you're not quite uh, a teenager you're not you don't quite feel like a little kid um and you know obviously it's a famous novel as well if you haven't seen this movie I cannot recommend going watching it enough. Um, really good child actor performances in this. So that's my number five. Nice. My number five is Do the Right Thing. Um, yes. I, there you go. I only have this at five because we've got a whole episode devoted to it. And yeah. spend some time discussing uh, how important the summer heat, in fact, that like heat wave is to the story, what it represents in terms of tension and anger. I wanted to have a summertime film on the list that takes place in the city in like an urban residential setting and, you know, do the right thing doesn't move beyond a couple of uh, square blocks. You know, this concrete structure that uh, really feels alive. It's closing in and steaming on the characters that are walking through and across and around it. The colors of summer are on full display. We talk about it a lot more in the episode. Um, it, It just needs to be on this list. There was no way I could make this list in good faith without putting it on there. Uh, Give that episode a listen. This is my number five. 100%. Great pick. Um, if you are at all interested in this movie, please go give it a listen. Um, we had a very long and, and thoughtful conversation uh, about this movie. And I think it's, I think I proclaimed that it like it should be shown in schools. I think this is an extremely important piece of American cinema. And Summertime definitely plays a huge, huge role. Um, great pick. Great pick. Evan, you're number four. Yeah, so my number four, and this is a very normy pick, but I just, it, it, it was undeniable on my list. My number four is National Lampoon's Vacation from 1983. Yeah. Um, th- it's just like, I, I started to create my list, I created the long list, and I watched it and I just couldn't leave it off. 
And there's plenty about this movie that's problematic. Like, I, I completely um, understand that. And some of the bigger jokes actually don't hit. But I just love, like, lots of the smaller moments in this movie that, that really do kind of add up to make it, like, the quintessential, like, early, like, family summer vacation movie. Like, representing, like, what it is for a family to get together and try to go somewhere. Because that's, like, such a big ordeal, especially if you're going in a car. Um, like I love when Chevy Chase is, is first trying to fill up the car and he can't find the gas tank. Like there's just like those small moments like that, that you can just see pay off in movie after movie down the line. Like all these movies that I watched in my childhood. Now I can totally see them pulling from stuff in this movie, in this series. Um, and Chevy Chase himself, just the absolute classic fed up vacation dad. Uh, starting as as like the bubbly Mr. Nice Guy and devolving into just like the beaten down, you know, deadbeat essentially. Um, never, never fails to make me laugh. So I, I definitely yeah, just this, associate this with Summer. Love it. There's so many movies that like I loved growing up that the like there's a thread that's connected to this movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like the one that always stands out in my mind is RV with Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, when they take the RV trip. And that's just like basically the same movie, but with Robin Williams going off the deep end. Um, I do love Disheveled Vacation Dad. It's one of my favorite like character. Yes. Yeah. To, to like, are we there yet? Like, there's so many movies yeah. that are literally just this movie with different characters and like a different destination. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Great pick. Uh, my number four is a movie that Evan talked about in a couple episodes. It's 1998's uh, The Parent Trap, uh, directed mm, by my yeah. beloved Nancy Myers, starring Lindsay Lohan, Dennis Quaid, Natasha Richardson. Uh, this movie is impossible not to smile when you're watching this. It's like so heartwarming, all the stuff of like them realizing their sisters. Uh, just peak summer camp cinema. Um, you know, I love you know, when they go back, uh, you know, to each other's lives and all the interactions that they have. And I just got to say this time around, I was completely struck by some seriously impressive acting from Lindsay Lohan here at such a young age. Like she's doing a lot and carrying this movie in a crazy way. And it's really impressive. Um, I really like buy what she's, what she's selling in this movie. So I love it. I think, um, I actually watched the original for the first time not too long ago too. Um, and man, what a great update. Like I'm not a huge, you know, normally the originals are tend to be better, but I think this is this one along with, uh, oceans 11, uh, two phenomenal remakes in my book. So that's my number four. We I, have to I have like... uh, oceans 11 reference when <laughs> Jedi have, to. have to, um, I feel like this movie, like, really set expectations for what summer camp was hmm. when you were a kid. Like, I don't know if you guys like felt that at all, but almost rewatching it, break. it was like I transported back to my younger self and it was just like, how come this never happened to me? Yeah. Especially like, the pranking sequences where you're like, yes. this is like what I thought summer camp was, was like having a rivalry with a cabin and pranking, you know, another cabin. And yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. And like, Chip, even the, the same thing that we went to science camp. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. It was like kind of the same thing. But I, yeah, I definitely, this definitely set like a high bar for summer camps everywhere. Like I thought I was going to be having dramatic, you know, sword fights. Um, <laughs> fencing. What? With people. Oh. No, you know the fencing sequence? Whatever, yeah, 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 no, yeah. Just to pause that. 
I was just waiting for someone to comment. I the next thing like, you know, Evan's just like, hmm, sword my fight, summer not camp following. were like Cub Scout, Boy Scout stuff, which was like mm, far more yeah. uh, nerdy and just like spending time trying to learn how to build a fire. Uh, yeah. There, was, there wasn't enough imagination to go around. I never went to summer camp because um, that was baseball season, baby. I'm sure Evan was the same True. way. Did you go when you were well, a little as a older, kid? At least Evan? I did. I, I didn't go to specific uh, summer camps. I did like tennis camps and stuff like that, though, where you'd spend like uh, two weeks, like, you know, eight hours a day at this camp. So it was like pretty much just it yeah. took up your whole life. But you're, you're yeah, just kind of baseball camp was tennis. like that. Yeah, you're baseball camp was very at some random co- some random college just, you know dipping for the first time good times <laughs> good times um all right chip hit us with your number four all right my number four i got speed wow i need a summer blockbuster <laughs> i need a popcorn yes. flick you know i i got my city summer movie now i've got my blockbuster uh i mean this is just like buzz cut keanu i don't think we 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 can underrate how good close cropped hair keanu reeves is like, that specific attribute of him and, like, the way that he, like, chews gum in this movie is, like, champing on it and his jaw is just, like, flexing like crazy. It's it's unbelievable. But it also happens to be on this uh, hot L.A. morning. You know, Keanu Reeves is a member of the Los Angeles Police Department. And, you know, he has to go through some extreme circumstances to mm-hmm. prevent this bomb from going off on a bus. Uh, and he's got to keep Sandra Bullock and all of them uh, alive. But, man, two hours just Bullock. fly by. Keanu, like, it, it's it's a really neat screen trick. Keanu starts that day at a coffee shop, and he's got, like, three layers on for no reason. And he sheds a layer for, like, every act of the movie. It's 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 <laughs> perfect, like, screenwriting and, and direction <laughs> and costume design to, like... And it also helps, like, emphasize that summer sun and, like, just the heat mm-hmm. bearing down. What an amazing supporting cast here, guys. Dennis yes. Hopper, the god. Jeff Daniels, like, does not... Jeff Daniels does not look like a SWAT LAPD guy. It makes... It's it's a horrible casting choice, but that's what makes <laughs> it good. Because, you know, he's got his little turkey, turkey chin going on. Uh, and then also, like, he gets blown up, and Keanu Reeves has no emotional, like, effect. And it's like, good. You, you are an empty <laughs> person, Keanu. You are just here to stop a bus from blowing up. You have no emotional range in this movie. Uh, also, Alan Ruck, uh, Connor Roy from Succession, is one of the characters on the bus. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely hilarious. But, like, the 90s, man. Great blockbusters. We had, like, six of these a month in the 90s. What happened? Yeah. With casts like this, too. <laughs> Love it. Uh, great pick, great pick. Not yeah. not your like stereotypical pick, but I, I love it. Uh, Evan, hit me with your number three then. So this is perfect symmetry. June 10th, I just looked it up, is when Speed came out, 1994. Um, gorgeous summer release date. My next movie, I picked for the same exact reason, and I actually saw it in theaters. June 28th, 2003, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl came out. And so this is on my list later. Oh, Beautiful. All no right, we'll save it then. Way. We'll save it. Let's oh, go. You guys, this is this is the movie. I predicted it. This is the movie I was going to feel left out. That 100% is a phenomenal summer movie. Yes. You got Ocean. Oh, all right. We'll talk about it later. I'm damn I'm fucking pissed at myself now that I don't have it on here. <laughs> okay. My number three. Uh, 1973 American Graffiti, directed by George Lucas, starring Ron Howard, Richard Dreyfuss, Paul Lamatt, and Harrison Ford. 
set in Modesto, California in 1962, very close to where Evan and I grew up in Stockton, California. Um, again, this is an end of summer movie. Group of high school buddies just spend one last night cruising the strip together uh, before they head off to college. This definitely feels like it's got a lot of like uh, Linklater uh, vibes about it. Obviously, this is pre-Linklater, but it's I think it's trying more to have a main character, but it doesn't necessarily succeed at that. Uh, what I love about this, I was reading a review about American Graffiti, and this was written in like the 80s, and I loved this quote. Uh, this captures the twilight of American innocence before drugs, Vietnam, political protests, and a presidential assassination. So you think about 1963 is when Kennedy gets assassinated. Um, this movie takes place in 1962. Uh, you know, it's pre-Vietnam, pre-drug crisis. Um, you know, it's, it's like pre-Beatles. So it's very much this like time capsule. It's like the... It's like the the end of an age in America. Uh, and I love how that mirrors the age, um, you know, of high school that is ending for these characters. Um, it's just, just a nostalgic and warm movie. It's got a lot of really solid performances from young actors. It's, I actually, obviously star Wars is like George Lucas's baby, but going back and watching this is like, man, this is really, really good movie. Uh, he's got a, like, there's just a lot of, of like butter in this, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just like really warm and buttery and shout out to, uh, Haskell Wexler because the visuals in this movie, all of the neon, like the late fifties, early sixties imagery is off the freaking charts. Uh, and yeah, I just love this movie. I soak it up, uh, all the time. I think it helps having that local connection. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely like a time and a place movie. And I, it's a time and a place that I'm very nostalgic for, even though I was never, I never lived there. I think there is an interesting uh, parallel universe where George Lucas doesn't make Star Wars, and we kind of get his imaginative brand of filmmaking probably more. I don't know if he would lean in more of an indie direction or if he would still find his way into the mainstream, Um, but I don't know. I kind of wish that he didn't get sucked into uh, the corporate machine like he did and just to see what would happen. It's really interesting, though, because, like, you think about this as, like, an indie movie, but this made him a million dollars, and it made Francis Ford Coppola a million dollars. Yeah. You know, this was a huge success in 1973. This movie made 140 at the box office. 140? Yeah, that's... Yeah. That, yeah, yeah in wow. 1973, that's big. I mean, that's a... This is yeah. just, like, the time period for it, too. Spielberg, like, all those guys just started, like, basically, you know, any movie that came out by those big time directors basically outside of like scorsese made like 200 yeah. million dollars just like kind of out of nowhere yeah. yeah american zoetrope right that's that was that that was their little their group yeah this is pre-zoetrope yeah um yeah definitely but this is a cool this is a good movie man i think if you haven't seen this this movie um it's really really cool to go back and see some people like really young like ron howard man like seeing him act as he is, it's hilarious. Like to think about all the things that he's done and Harrison Ford in this movie. And it's just good vibes. And, um, and yeah. And like I said, great visuals, which I'm a huge sucker for uh, a lot mm-hmm. of neon, uh, chip number three. Uh, my number three does not have a single good vibe in sight. Uh, my number three is oh, apocalypse fuck. now, which is like <laughs> kind of demented. <laughs> I understand, but I wanted my next category I in mind. Don't... I wanted, an international summer. I wanted a, a horror summer. And the tagline for this movie is the horror. The horror. It's here. It's in Vietnam. Um, 
But like, I just want to vamp, right? When I watch Apocalypse Now, I almost forget that there's like a camera. Like I'm aware this is a movie and they're shooting on locations that were scouted and prepared with acts with actors and extras and microphones. But it's such a like it's just an impossible movie to make that and my sense of immersion is so gratified and lost in this story um you know just getting back on track sorry the the summer heat of (laughs) vietnam is just much more uh delirious and it's like it's almost chemical uh i mean it's pollution Mm. it's man-made it's the napalm in the air you know that kilgore loves to smell like summertime it's almost poisonous the air Mm -hmm. that these soldiers are breathing in it's corrupting them and it's twisting them. And um, the version that I watched for this episode was the 4K restoration, the final cut. And there's a scene in the final cut where they uh, come across a French plantation and they have dinner with these kind of castaways from France. And it's, uh, it's, it's important for making this a summertime movie because they have a, like a huge dinner together and there's all this natural yellow light that is just like baking the characters while they have this dinner and they argue and there's tension in the air and then Martin Sheen goes to bed and does drugs it's like a canopied bed but the sun is still shining in and creating these shadows and it just heightens the summer sensibilities I think um, it just it just beats down on you and it's not a movie that you want to rewatch every summer, uh, mostly because every time I watch it, I want to like shrink into myself and it <laughs> like I didn't exist. Um, but I wanted something uh, a bit more horrific and international uh, for summertime, so I chose Apocalypse Now. I think if there was ever a better like way to describe the differences between what you and I love out of movies is I just <laughs> watched the movie that. I read a review that says it's it's the age of American innocence before Vietnam and all this shit. And you're like, I just wanted something that was so horrible. Yeah. Uh, just so I could sink my teeth into. No. I mean, wow. What a wild card pick. I mean, it's a pick. It's one of the, one of the greatest movies ever. It's so good. That, by the yeah. way, the French plantation scene, spectacular. Absolutely it's so good. They're talking politics and, and class relations. It's, a, it's like a, I love the, it's like a deep breath in the middle of the movie too. Yeah. Because I feel like that float down the river, your chest is just so tight. And you're like, for some reason, even though they're like arguing and it is, there is tension at the dinner, you feel like they're safe from the outside world sure. at that point. Yeah. So um, spectacular, spectacular movie. Wild pick for this list, but very chick it is so summer like this movie is so hot and sweaty the whole time and like obviously the whole they thing surf. is like descent into hell essentially yeah there's literal literally surfing happening everyone looks just miserable which is like definitely like there are those you know like seven eight days every summer where just like everyone is just absolutely miserable and hates themselves because of how hot it is and basically this whole movie like it is an encapsulation of one of those days yeah awesome uh evan number two so my number two is a movie that we covered but it was a while ago so i'm bringing it back not only is it based in summer but i saw it in the movie theaters and love my experience seeing it it's 2012's moonrise kingdom and yeah (laughs) this movie is super summer um a few things that make it very very summery 
Uh, one, it's kind of like a popcorn flick. Like, yes, it's, it's, um, you know, Wes Anderson tweet. It's not like an action movie, but there's something about it. That's just like, so watchable. You can just kind of throw this movie on and just have a great time. Uh, whether you're with a group of friends, you're by yourself and just want to, you know, have a couple laughs or something like that. Um, the entire movie centers around what kids are doing over this summer. Uh, one being, you know, that kid who just stays inside, um, and looks out the window and just kind of, you know, looks at everyone else doing summer stuff. And then the other being the kid who's at uh, summer camp and, and literally chip, like you were saying, you know, is like uh, the Eagle scout, um, you know, learning how to build fires and stuff. Um, it's set on the coast of new England, which I'm pretty sure only exists purely for summer and uh, doesn't even exist outside of the summer months. And then Ed Norton wears short shorts, the entire movie. Uh, there's just something about this movie that feels so like, just summer like you you can't watch this movie and basically everything is in yellow and brown the entire movie which probably adds to it as well also sneaky element of summer um is the summer storm summer storm 100 uh, percent. which yeah which is a huge part of of summer life especially if you live outside of like california you know like midwest spent a, I've yeah. spent a few summers in the midwest summer storm is big big time part of the uh of the culture. Oh, yeah. So I definitely think like that gets into that side. I agree. The color palette. I mean, we know I'm not going to talk about Wes's, you know, color choices, you know, for forever because we'd go down the rabbit hole again, but yeah, this is a phenomenal pick, Evan. I love you. Just like Thank sticking you. to your guns. I tried, <laughs> I tried not to pick this one. I love this movie. And I'm so happy that you did chip. Um, I don't always ask for other people's opinions on other people's picks, but I really want you to talk uh, about uh, moonrise kingdom you know, for a little bit. So talk, talk to me about Moonrise Kingdom. I like Moonrise Kingdom. I was on that episode, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was. Unless I'm you were. Bad. You were. I mean, listen, it's it's the guy Wes Anderson. He is who he is. He is one of one. Uh, I think that we need people like Wes Anderson making movies. Uh, and I'm, listen, I'll, I'll be there. French Dispatch, first night. Shout out uh, my friend, uh, one of my very good friends, Ashlyn West. She is a enormous... Uh, Wes fan, Wes Stan, if you will. Can you can we make a pun? Wes Anderstan? Because there's Paul Thomas Anderstan. Can yeah. we make it yeah, Wes, Wes Anderstan? Yeah, that's what my friend Ashlyn is. Um, <laughs> and she, she was upset that she wasn't even on the Moonrise Kingdom pod. Um, but yeah, good movie. Tell her tell her to wow. come back for Moonrise Part D when we or when we do the Grand Budapest Hotel pod. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great pick, Evan. This is this movie is summertime grade A. Uh, love it. Okay. My number two pick, uh, 1993, The Sandlot, uh, yeah. <laughs> directed by David Mickey Evans. Uh, I'm not going to name the whole cast because there's a million people. Um, I think this is one of the most important movies ever to me um, and to a lot of kids that grew up loving baseball. Uh, everything about this movie is just summer, summer, summer. There's a lot of sweating. There's a lot of heat. There's a lot of baseball, all things that have to do with summertime. Um, hijinks with your friends have to do with summer and there's sneaky great cinematography in this movie um, you know the 4th of July baseball fireworks scene is like all you'd want from summer visuals uh, them at the summer carnival um, is absolutely incredible uh, I just love what this movie espouses and it's all about this kid fitting in with this group because of their common thread of loving this game 
uh, of baseball, which is very important to, I think, to all of us, I can, you know, safely say. And, yeah, it's just awesome. I mean, even the end, you know, they're having a Founder's Day picnic as as Benny the Jet is getting chased by the Beast, you know, through the town, and, and there's a lot of American visuals. This is definitely a very America movie, um, you know, I know that will upset Chip, um, but, uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I love it. Say, I mean, I, I was going to keep my I, mouth shut. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, but I, you know, I, I had to toss it in there. I've seen this movie probably no less than like 300 times. And I don't yeah. say that with hyperbole. Like I've seen this movie so much. This was the movie that when I was a kid was thrown on, was thrown on when I was like, you know, in the car. My mom would just toss on Sandlot. Um, anytime like, I didn't know what to watch, I'd watch Sandlot. I'd watch it multiple times a day. Um, this this is probably up there with the most seen movie of my entire life. This and Miracle, um, I would I would guess. I don't know why you're laughing, Evan. You think I'm, that's just, like, that? I'm dead off you saying I've watched this movie no less than 300 times. That's not hyperbole. <laughs> it's not. It's for 300. sure. That's not Bro, I mean, think about it. 300, 300 times, I've, you know, 365 times 25 years. Yeah, that's a lot of days. You know, I've definitely watched Sandlot, you know, 125th of my, of, one, 125th of the days of my life. Okay. For sure. Okay. That's watching once every 25 days. Okay. For sure. <laughs> when I was little, bro, I used to session this for months straight at a time, multiple times a day. Just because it was like, it would keep me calm and enthused. Shout out to Kristen. She was just like, done dealing with me. Toss on Sandlot. I was locked in. All right. Fair enough. Also, shout out to my parents for having English Mastiffs growing up. So I had living versions of the Beast in my house at all times. It was great. Was that terrifying at all? (laughs) No, dude. Phenomenal. It's like it actually makes the movie better to watch. Because you like know that there's this like hilarious, lovable, fluffy creature on the other end of the, of the thing. That's what I love they, what they do with this movie too. I don't want to drag on too much about Sandlot, but like, it's amazing that the narrator, you know, is the kid, and and all the portrayals of the Beast are these like over dramatized, like super angry puppet, you know, clearly fake puppet dog showing you like, hey, they, you, know, you, this is how you remember things as as a kid, um, these larger than life things that are happening. And I, I love that part of it. Um, you know, potentially problematic scenes between Squints and Wendy Peppercorn. And uh, potentially love that they that they end up uh, together at the end. But you know what? Uh, it was a different time. So, hey, you just had that message on. instilled in you 300 times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's 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 taken, you know, the most to to get out of my system for sure. Squints Palador is forcing himself on. Wendy Peppercorn. But apparently, you know, people believed it was okay in 1993. We've come a long way, people. We've still got a long way to go. Chip, what is your number two pick? Chinatown. Wow. You are wild, bro. I'm a, right. I'm a bad person, guys. Back-to-back apocalypse now, <laughs> Chinatown. Um, so my next category that Chinatown fills, I needed a summertime movie on the coast. I already have an L.A. summer movie with speed, but I needed something that was near the water. Chinatown's not quite a beach movie, but, you know, L.A. drought, detective story. I, I did consider Inherent Vice for this uh, category mm. that I came up with as a uh, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. But, uh, man, 
Chinatown. What a fucking like disgusting masterpiece of a movie. Like I think that like it's such a hot movie first of all because it's it's in this drought, you know, it's it's integral to summertime with the reservoir needing water, like there's electric fans that are always running in uh in Jack Nicholson's Jake's office. The sun is like glaring off of windshields. Like I almost feel like the water and the sun are their own characters in this film. They have their own arcs. And then the story itself is like a nasty heat. You know, like I want to be extremely clear. It is like a filthy, hellish, like sweaty story. Like the kind of nasty that you want to like wash off or try to bleach out of your eyes with. Um, I mean, again, this is my interpretation of summertime movies and I don't know. I don't like what it says about me, but I, I had to pick it. I mean, and Jay Giddies, man, she's Jack Nicholson probably his best performance um he's why i want to watch this on a 100 degree day or when i want i want it to feel like it's 100 degrees out the way that his face is framed on screen his his hats and his suits like the angles and lines of of his face the way that his nose is shot like both pre and post bandage he turns into a statue in this movie it's like a moving talking walking breathing statue in the rooms and the conversations he finds himself in just such a unique voice he gives that character. It's often imitated, never replicated. This is my uh, L.A. beach kind of water heat gross-ass movie. Wow. I mean, this is a fantastic movie. I, this didn't even cross my mind when we were talking about summer movies. But I see what you mean. I mean, this movie is absolutely hot and sweaty. So it, it kind of falls on very much in that same category as Apocalypse Now. And obviously, we are disavowing everything about Roman Polanski. I was going to say, are you a Roman Polanski stan? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. No, I am not. I got to say, though, is this... This is an argument for one of the best movies ever, right? Oh, easily. I don't like that it's in that argument. No, no. But I love that you're that you're accumulating a list of like some of the best movies of all time that also just happen to give you summer vibes versus like summertime movies. I'm out here picking parent trap in the sandlot. Um, I would put parent trap in sandlot up against these movies. You're, you are, you're making good choices (laughs) for for sure. For sure. Um, no, this is a great movie. I actually, I've actually had this in the back of my head of like, I want to dedicate a single movie pod to this one because there's a lot to unpack in Chinatown. Really, really good movie. Uh, it might be the best script of you. all time. Ooh, yeah. And, I, I mean, talk about what you want, but, Nic- I mean, Nicholson, just what he brings to life on this. Like you said, ne- often imitated, never duplicated. This guy is incredible. This is, like, for me, it's uh, almost 1A in his his great, in his great movies uh, as far as his performances. But Are you putting The Shining 1B? That's for the Nicholson pod. We'll have to save content. We'll have to save content. My bad. Um, <laughs> but Evan, Evan, what is your number one summertime movie of all time, my friend? Number one summertime movie of all time. Popped out. No question about it. Uh, for me personally, the uh, on this podca- podcast, at least, off-maligned 1975 Jaws um, from Steven Spielberg. First, Steven Spielberg is just kind of – who I think of, and, and I'm not unique in this. Every, that's kind of like what he's known for. 
Um, but like the action adventure summer popcorn flick is like his thing. I mean, if George Lucas's thing is like spaceships and stuff, Steven Spielberg's is people, you know, connecting with a father and a son in an action movie during the summertime. And this is this is the movie that really gets it going. Um, the whole movie is basically like what happens when a man-eating shark interrupts summer and you can't get into the water. And that's like an actual huge, like philosophical, moral question that's asked constantly in this movie. It's like the definition of the drill tweet. You know, it's like no things are good and bad. Everything is the exact same or whatever. It's just like there's no there's no right or wrong at certain points in this movie. Um, and basically the entire plot comes down to, besides for the shark, it's a mayor being an absolute anti-sharker and just denies that a shark is eating people in the water in order to, like, save summer business, <laughs> which is just an absolute incredible move for, um, for a plot this device. This is big time chip capitalism is evil energy in this, in this movie. Oh, yeah. It, I mean... Yeah. There's a reason this movie kind of got second life, you know, while capitalism was forcing businesses open last summer. <laughs> yeah. No, very, very similar, like, vibes. Just, like, the deny your eyes and ears and uh, pop out to the beach. Or, you know, in the case of last summer, pop over to that sizzler. Like, you ha- have the time of your life. Um, I I just love everything about this movie. I think the performances are amazing. The last time that I watched it, when I watched it for the pod, uh, Richard Dreyfuss was the one who kind of popped out to me just because he, he doesn't have the flashiest um, role, I guess, in this movie. But I think he's amazing. And, I mean, that last 45 minutes out on the boat is, like, uh, like jaw-dropping. So at this sure. point, Jaws isn't scary to me. Does, would you guys agree? Um, um, there are a couple scenes that make me jump, but overall it doesn't give me that, like, I'm not going to go in the water for the next four months feeling. So I don't, I would land somewhere in the middle where I don't find it scary when I'm watching it, but, uh, it does make me question whether or not I want to like go deep swimming. Like we're swimming in deep ocean for sure. Right. Um, Interesting. that's where I land on, on this. Movie. Okay. And we, yeah, we can talk about, about Jaws later. I've been you know, crucified for my my take on on this this movie a little bit, which I'll clarify. Not really. Like, let's just clarify that that's not really the case. On basically every top five, you bring up how this was your your take, but you no one's we'll, really we'll, come at you. We'll, t- we'll discuss it in hot take corner. You guys can come at, come at me. I'll clarify what the take is. Preview okay. of hot take corner. Um, great great pick though, Evan. I mean, it's it's an American classic. And it's summertime. You yourself said that the New England coast is made yep. for nothing else but summertime. So I, I, you know, I love you sticking to your guns here. Uh, all right, my number one. I should have said all right, all right, all right. My number one is Days and Confused, nineteen ninety three, directed by Richard Linklater. Um, again, big cast. I'm not gonna name them all. Obviously, some notables like McConaughey, Affleck went on to have amazing careers. Uh, last day of school, kicking off summer, right? So this is the beginning of summer side of what I love about summertime movies. This movie is just pure vibes, uh, really hilarious sequences, relatable, but like outlandish characters. Linklater, um, in a lot of his movies, I think is really good at capturing like a time and a place 
you know, this movie and Everybody Wants Some are really some of my favorites from him in, in that aspect. Uh, I really feel like I'm there in a time period that I never lived. Uh, and, God, it's got one of the most unbelievable soundtracks uh, in movie history. It's just so, so good. Everything about this movie is just fun and nostalgic. Um, but I really do actually like what he's like, you know, what he's trying to, to say. And I, I think it comes down to, you know, last day of school being all, being all about endings and, and new beginnings, right? Uh, the summertime is this new opportunity for all these characters. Um, it's about the end of the school year. You're becoming new people, you know, for some of the younger characters that are graduating, becoming freshmen, um, you know, they're getting a peek into a new life into a new lifestyle, what their life's going to be like for the next, you know, four years. Um, for people that are, you know, maybe juniors that are those types of characters, it's about, hey, thinking about who do I want to be moving forward? You know, what kind of person do I want to be? Um, I just, honestly, this is one of my, like, this is one of the one of the movies that I like to put on when I just want to feel happy and, and enjoy myself. I think it's, it's really funny. Um, it also gives me that warm fuzzy feeling i really really like it um days infused it's summer man it's the it's kicking off summer i watch this every year around this time school's out you know i mean literally that that song is in the movie school's out for summer man school's out forever and the ending of this movie driving to get aerosmith tickets like you can't beat it like that's what summer's about just hanging out with your friends doing wild shit so that's my number one that's a great choice um I think that the movie has almost become underrated at this point because it's more of a meme than anything else. And mm-hmm. I think that when people think Linklater, they're thinking the before trilogy, they're not thinking about Daisy Confused as like a really fucking good movie. And like, if I can just vamp for a second, our uh, local independent Please. cinema did some outdoor screenings last summer, like socially distanced, kind of during the height of the pandemic. And they had some local personalities like pick a movie to screen every month. And everyone's picking, like, you know, kind of weird, independent, random movies. And then we have a radio DJ named Mo, and he picked Days and Confused. And, it, like, it totally <laughs> yeah. stood out uh, from everyone else's choices, but it was it was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, man. It, like I said, please please vamp as much as you can about this movie, because it is, it is truly good. And I, I think it's, it's come, like, full circle being, you know, un, like, overrated, underrated type thing, you know, where people love it mm-hmm. so much, and then... Um, it comes back around, but there are just so many like little moments in this movie that are amazing. The whole Martha Washington speech, um, you know, when he's talking about Martha Washington, you know, had bowls for George Washington. Every mind George Washington toked weed, man. Like my dad, by the way, crazy. Think about this. My dad had never seen Days and Confused before. I was out at my parents' house this weekend and we watched it together, and he was cracking up, laughing, and he's like, "I can't believe I've never seen this," and he loved it, and that. That sequence in particular, he was dying at the whole Martha Washington thing. Um, I just, it, it's, it's just like what you expect, you know, your teenage years to be is like all these characters. You expect to come across all these types of people, and I think that's what Linklater d- does really well in this movie in particular. And I think this and you know everybody wants some are kind of spiritual pairs. Um, he creates characters that like are larger than life, but you can definitely identify people in your life that you know that are that are like that. And that's what I really love about about what he does in those two movies and in this movie in particular. So that's my number one pick, man. Uh Days Infused. And it gave us Matthew McConaughey, which I think has repaid itself, you know, ten times over in just 
pure internet memeage. Mm-hmm. Memeage? Absolutely. Is that a word? Memeage? Sure. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Chip, uh, I think we know you're number one now, um, but let's hear it. Yeah, man. It's uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Evan, do you want to lead off here? Um, No, it's your number one. You lead us off. I'll, I'll, I'll bat second. Set us up. Okay, I can I can bat lead off. Uh, you know, I just think th- this is kind of why I asked you guys about the whole like watching movies as a community thing at the beginning mm-hmm. because for me, like the ultimate summer movie almost does need to have a bit of a family friend element. Something mm-hmm. this is a movie that I watched a lot as a kid. Um, I don't know if any of the other movies on my list I'd want to watch with any sort of like family unit, uh, at least not without. <laughs> some depressing conversations afterwards but this is just like this is the best of vibes it's the best kind of blockbuster it doesn't pretend to be about anything else other than pirates are fun and sexy and orlando bloom has a hot ponytail yes can confirm hot hot ponytail hot ponytail man and a fucking blooming blooming booming Klaus Baldet score. I read my notes wrong. How embarrassing is that? I'm talking about a fucking blooming onion. <laughs> I think you mean blooming. It's a blue. It's a blooming score. It's a <laughs> booming Klaus Baldet score. There's a mo- there's a moment in this movie where uh, Jack and Will are fighting and their swords match up with the beat of the score. And it's like if that's not the best Hollywood can do, I don't know what is. What is? Like I think the film is actually pretty well shot. It's a lot of outdoor stuff going on, some natural lighting, some fun locations and set pieces. I think the whole undead twist is like teased well enough and done well enough. Like it doesn't like it doesn't blow its load too early to be a little bit gross. Like it, it takes its time getting there. And it's just it's just so fun and it's quotable. Like there's no other movie in the world that I want to throw on that's going to please everyone in a summer crowd. If we're drunk, if we're high, if we're eating, if we're just chilling, coming home from the pool or on vacation, you know, windows open in the living room. This is the magic of a summertime movie. This is my heel turn right here after four depressing. You movies. better start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. What a fucking talk about quotable. bro. Yeah. This movie's sick. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Evan. You had it on your list. You deserve to talk about it. I am a dipshit that didn't have it on my list. Yeah, for all the reasons that you mentioned, Chip, it is the ultimate, like, almost everyone that I know know likes this movie to some extent. Even if they're like, oh, like, I don't necessarily need to watch it right now. I don't know many people who are just like, nah, that that sucked. Like, it kind of has something for everyone. It's got the laughs. It's got the action. It is like you're describing. It's almost like a musical at times. Like even though they're not actually singing, it's like choreographed. Like lots of their fighting, like almost looks like dancing as much as it does actually trying to hurt each other. Um, and I, I actually love that you mentioned the ghost story part. You guys both did uh, because that part to me almost screams summer just as much as them being out on the sea. Uh, it just feels such like a gather around the campfire. Let's tell you a tall tale. Um, sort of thing that they throw right in there in the middle of the movie. Um, and then the last thing that I'll mention, and I believe this is the only one that they did this way, but it's actually shot in the middle of the real sea. And you can actually feel that, I feel. Like like so yeah. many of those shots of the, the ships going by, yes. of even being on the deck of the ships, yes. it's just so clear that you're looking at a real horizon and like they're standing over and looking down into real ocean waves um which is just 
very I don't know, it's just notable. Like every time I watch it, there's like a fresh feeling to this movie. Yeah, this movie's awesome. I, I this whole tri- like I would I say the trilogy because I think the first three are their own thing and then the ones that have come after are different. But yeah, the whole trilogy is amazing. But this this movie stands out so much. I love what you said about the musical thing, Evan, because I never really connected those dots. But you're so right. Like everything is a dance. The timing of the swords hitting is you know is to the music. Everything serves um, the soundtrack really, and and it's just incredible. It's it's good vibes. It's handsome people doing really cool stuff. And like, what else do you want other than you know Orlando Bloom, you know, being heroic on screen and. Yeah, you can't ask for much more. And it's so funny. It's yeah, so it funny. Really There's funny. a moment, like, in that first Jack and Will sword fight, and Will is like, I practice with these swords for three hours a day. And Jack is like, spend three hours a day with some bitches, man. Like, yeah. go outside. You are, you you, you need a life. Oh, so good. I love, I love, uh, I love to, like, I know it's like the, it's the most front and center gag, but the whole parlay thing. It never fails to yes. crack me up. Yeah. Like, Damn it. Parlay. You know, when she's asking about the, what's the word? What's the word? Parlay. Like, He's like, Damn yes. it, parlay. Yeah, that so never British. fails. It's really, I will say, like, the cheap gags in this movie. You know, you were talking about, Evan, I think, in uh, when you are talking about vacation. The big jokes don't land anymore, but it's the small ones that hit. The big jokes in Pirates still hit. They still hit really good. Um, it's just very enjoyable. And I think... You can turn this on for all ages. That's the best part about movies like this. Um, it, it, God, you guys killed it because this encapsulates blockbuster. It encapsulates, you know, like I'm by the ocean vibes. Um, yeah, I, I'm really, I'm really jealous that this didn't pop into my head when I when I thought of summertime movies. Uh, I feel, I feel definitely left out. Great pick, guys. Great pick. All right. Uh, well, that was our top five uh, summertime movies. Before we move on to Hot Take Corner, let's recap uh, real quick and then hit some honorables. So, uh, Evan, hit me with your top five real quick. Top five, starting at five, I had Adventureland, National Lampoon's Vacation, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, Moonrise Kingdom, and Jaws. And I had Stand By Me, The Parent Trap, American Graffiti, The Sandlot, and Dazed and Confused. I had Do the Right Thing, Speed, Apocalypse Now, Chinatown, and Pirates of the Caribbean, Curses of the Black Pearl. What a list, Chip. Um, all right, quick, let's hit some honorables. Uh, anything that we haven't discussed? Evan? Yeah, I just got three. Um, well, actually, one we discussed, Days and Confused, I had. That was six for me. And then the other two uh, were Midsommar and Independence Day. I Independence Day is it was hard to leave that one off my list just with the amount of times I've seen it yeah good pick um honorable mentions for me I actually had Adventureland Evan um that was probably Mm. number six for me that's an awesome movie um I have American Pie 2 probably didn't make it on here because of how problematic it it is but uh talk about like what you dream your summers at home in college are uh you know living at a lake house and then I have I love you Beth Cooper which is another start of summer movie, which I actually watching it again, I think has like ideas and I, I think deserves more respect. Um, but yeah, that movie's that movie's pretty funny. Uh, so really, really enjoy that one as well. Chip, any honorables for you? Uh, Michael Mann's Heat. Uh, the title of the movie is Heat. <laughs> I couldn't really stretch it beyond that to make it a summer movie, um, but I really wanted to put it on here. I, I, I came very close to. Uh, uh, Dog Day Afternoon. 
Mm, okay. Really good summertime movie. Um, yep. Like fits more in with my uh, interesting choices. Uh, Rear Window as well. Yeah. Mm, was this was like my other choice for like a city block summertime movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I had to pick Do the Right Thing. Yeah, there's parallels between Do the Right Thing and Rear Window as far as like how much the heat plays into the plot, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, great, great, yeah, great New York movie, too. Do the uh, Rear Window. Love, love that. Uh, all right, guys. So that was our top five summertime movies you gotta hit those up in preparation for summertime moving on it is time for hot take corner i believe i'm back in the hot seat and i think this is going to be kind of an open debate so cue that fire okay welcome to hot take corner where we say things that are going to be unpopular and you the listeners and potentially the co-hosts of the show are probably not going to like This week, I'm on the hot seat, and we're going to examine my original hot take. Uh, And it was that I just, like, don't get the movie Jaws. Uh, And I think the subsequent take is I also hate the genre that it spawned, which is shark attack movies. So I want to – I need to clarify this. I think the the genre hate for shark attack movies is higher. Um, And then I think, like – I, I, Jaws is fine. I enjoy Jaws as much as the next guy, but I think I don't understand it in the context of being one of the greatest movies of all time is what my take was. And so I'm ready to hear why I'm wrong. Evan Chip, who's got, who's got thoughts. Um, so there's a lot to tackle here, but I guess we'll start with like, what makes it so amazing is like it has exceptional acting it has a really well put together script it's made like really expertly like clearly spielberg knows what he's doing like he does these tracking shots and the way it creates like it gets you involved in the sense of like community so quickly just with some like establishing shots out in the town um and kind of stuff like that and just all these characters get introduced and you know exactly who they are and their motivation, what their motivations are within like 30 seconds of them being on screen without it seeming like they're only just delivering exposition. Like, you know what the mayor's deal is the second he's kind of like, whoa, 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 chief. Like, wh- what are you doing? What am I hearing about closing the beaches? Like, right there, you know immediately what his vibe is going to be. And then also it connects with absolutely anyone and everyone, grandma, grandpa, dad, mom, cousins, you know, your friend from – high school your friend from college like everybody liked it at the time um and connects with this movie so i think that's just like starts to get at like it's checking all of these boxes rather than just like two of the five or three of the five or something i don't know if anything like this existed before it came out we had monster movies you know we had scary movies that that made money that cost money and made money this movie cost $9 million and made $472 million. I'm just reading it off Wikipedia, so I don't know. I don't think that's adjusted for inflation or anything like that. I think they would have a note if it was. Yeah. That is an insane amount of money. And for what they did with the scope of that movie, putting it in the ocean like that, there just wasn't a monster movie in the ocean. 
that was like and you know that was filmed the way it was with yeah that, the props yeah. with the special effects with the uh you know the the model of the shark that was genuinely scary i mean we can look at that now and say hey that's 1974 1975 like style uh, uh props but it's still i think it still holds up pretty yeah. well like more than a lot of other like scary movie effects from the 70s i think i think the shark from jaws holds up really well and it's just so man it's just elemental like it doesn't scare me at this point in life because i've seen it so many times to where i can just like i know exactly what's coming but i mean you put those scenes in like any other movie you could put the exact same scenes in another movie and it would just that's the best movie ever because like those shots and everything is just masterpiece to me you, you know one more thing i wanted to mention the reason why I think it holds up now, too, because you're right, like the shark itself, yes, it looks kind of fake. Shoot, even at the time, like I think people, once they got over the initial scares, were like, yeah, the shark like looks kind of fake in certain scenes. But because they shot out off the actual coast of New England, it's kind of like Pirates of the Caribbean, like we were talking about. Like the setting seems so real yeah. that it's like you can transport yourself to the setting and imagine a real shark. Even if the shark that you're seeing, you're like, yeah, that's made out of silicone or whatever, you know, like whatever it may be, or like rubber or whatever. Um, it's like the setting seems so real. You can imagine being on a boat and a shark being there, even if it's not the actual shark from Jaws. I want to pose a question. So do you think your anger and just general dissatisfaction comes from just like sharknado yes yeah for sure or shark well sharknado but like, is like how does sharknado affect your life like that okay, like I, it was on sci-fi okay i that was that was a little bit tongue-in-cheek i'll be let let me level with you and be completely honest um i haven't seen this movie in a couple years i kind of latched myself onto this take for sure uh but i i just i think i got tired i think mid-2010s I feel as though, and I have nothing to back this up on, that there were a lot of shark attack movies coming out. You know, I think it was peak Shark Week hysteria, um, you know, combined with, I think, the growing, you know, identity of Jaws as, like, an all-time classic. And I was just like, I'm over this. I'm tired. I don't need another shark attack movie. Um, you know, Blake Lively, I don't need you getting your legs eaten off in the shallows and, and things like that. Um, good movie and <laughs> I just I don't know I, I think there's definitely some like um, there's like a part of me that's a bit jaded uh, there's part of me that I don't know like I said I just it's just everything that like comes after this I think what you said I can't remember if it was you or uh, Chip or if it was Evan but identifying this more as a monster movie definitely intrigued me bit more this being a monster movie not a shark movie and i think i've always looked at it through the lens of a shark attack movie and that's made me not question because i've never questioned that it's good i think I've, it's just that like is it one of the best movies of all time my take is like i don't get it being in the you know conversation you look up any list best movies of all time and people are like fuck yeah jaws is one of the top five movies of all time and i think that's where i've always been like top five really but it through a mon lens of a monster movie definitely starts to make a little bit more sense. But Evan, you're but, dying to speak. So almost, I want to say like, yes, like I'm glad Chip got that into your head. But at the same time, unironically, and I say this as somebody who makes fun of people who say stuff like this all the time. 
it's not about the shark. It's about the friends you make along the way. Like that's why this movie, that's why this movie people will say it's like a top 10 movie of all time. It's not like, wow, the shark is just so scary. And like these people were so terrified by the shark. Like no one's ever been scared in a movie before. Like that's not what it, it's like. There's a reason people were bringing like their five-year-old to this movie three times and like terrorizing them and, you know, making sure they never wanted to go in the water again for the rest of their life. It's because they so enjoyed watching the scenes on the boat with the three guys sitting around telling like tall tales or the scenes with like chief Brody, you know, with, with his kid in the house. Like, I feel like, that also kind of gets at why Spielberg is just like is the notch above the people who make like good horror movies or good family dramas or something like that. Okay. So I've got a proposition. Like I said, I haven't seen this movie in a couple years. Um, I've latched myself on this take. Uh, this came out on June 20th, 1975. So that's three weeks from the date of recording this podcast. Quite near to my birthday, actually. Should we do a single movie dedicated Jaws podcast to celebrate the anniversary and have me reimagine being in more of a appreciating film headspace uh, that I am, you know, in the last few years since I've seen this movie? Uh, and what do you guys think about that? You know, hey, let's go back. Let's yes. revisit this. Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's deep dive into Jaws. Yeah. Um, and let's see how I feel about it now, having a little bit new perspective on cinema as a whole. Yes. That all would right. be great. Then it'll be I'm, such good symmetry to like, it'll finally put all of this to rest. And then you can come back and just could, be like, I still don't get it. Put Ratatouille <laughs> back on and we'll just be like, all right, and move on with our lives. Nothing can replace Ratatouille in my life. But I think it'll be cathartic for everyone. Uh, nature will heal. Um, I think that's what we need to do. So... I'm willing to do it if you guys are. I'm actually even what I'm willing to do is do a Google Hangout watch of the movie where that would you guys dope. can see live yeah. live reaction to like how I'm how I'm reacting to the movie. So uh, I think that's what we should do. Uh, so I've thought about next that. Week, the week after, right? That's what we. That's when we record it. Yeah, I've thought about like if we tried to do like a Google Hangout or a Netflix party, like as a podcast and like invited some listeners. Ooh. Like I'm, I'm just like live. This is totally off the cuff, but like, yeah. like three other people, maybe be like, <laughs> you know, it would be, it'd be KJ and Mike Mikas and Frankie yeah, smokes go, and squid uh, and my boy, Tyler. Edwin, you know, all of yeah. our, yes, Tyler, Tyler all of our get him in there. We'll yeah, get everybody let's go. In. I'm fucking down. I am white house down to do that for jaws let's go baby let's let's chat about it that no that sounds like a great that'll idea. be fun so not next week but the week after i'm committing to it i think that ends this hot take corner with yeah. for the first time resolution, resolution. man look at this it's, it's lovely kumbaya. this podcast is all about is all about symmetry and just like summer is about new beginnings and and endings uh, this podcast is about new beginnings, and there's going to be a new era of this podcast where I do my best to appreciate Jaws as a piece <laughs> of cinema history. Um, so thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. Uh, please follow us on Twitter, at Flick and Scream, on Instagram, at Flicking and Screaming. Join the conversation. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Like, that's one thing. Like, we've had a lot of conversation lately, which has been awesome. We need more recommendations of things to do. We want to know what you guys want to hear, and get we'll get fired up to do. 
Uh, we're going to do, we got more drafts on the way. Uh, we've got more great top fives, more verses. Um, I think you guys are really going to enjoy what we've got coming up next. Next week, Evan, why don't you tell the folks what we're doing? All right. So next week, we are actually going Boston centric, like hard hitting Boston movies. We are doing a versus. It's going to be The Town versus The Departed. Uh, we're Let's going. Go. Yep, 2000s Boston movies, um, both kind of classics in their own way. Both have their own, uh, you know, followings and um, true believers, and we're going to hash it out. Amazing. That's going to be a hell of an episode. I'm excited. Um, all right, any final thoughts on summertime movies before we sign off? Nope. I'm ready to go Boston. park the car in Harvard yeah, Yard. Is that a good Boston? Yard. I have no idea. <laughs> there it is. Oh, my goodness. We all got to get some work in before next week. We really yes, do. Yes. That's my Boston accent after two drinks. Really bad Boston accent. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Vegan Screaming, I'm Jed Sprague. Evan Vagundas, JT Chipman. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, whenever you're listening to it. We'll see you next week. See ya. See you guys.